On this month's Karen 10, we take a look at the library. If you've been a longtime bibliophile and library aficionado, or whatever a lover of library would be, I don't know what that word is, then this podcast is for you. But if you barely have ever stepped foot in a library or are not passionate about libraries, I would encourage you to stay tuned. This podcast is for you too, because today we're going to discuss how time spent in the library has shown to have a positive impact on one's overall development in addition to an awful lot of anecdotal stories of how the library has quite literally changed the lives of some Cairn students. And we'll also talk about what's happening with the Maslin Library today at Cairn, and that is uh, a lot, and also how this has become one of numerous standout features of the Cairn community, even to the point of attracting attention of other colleges and universities, wondering what is it that we are doing that has produced the great library resource we have. You are listening to the Cairn 10 Podcast, where we bring our alumni inside Cairn University. So to get started, let me take a moment and introduce our guest, Stephanie Caselli. Stephanie is director of the Maslin Library and has been at Cairn since what year? 2001. 2001. She's worked in one capacity or another in the library over her long tenure here. Stephanie, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thanks for having me. So I wanted to start off with some uh, library tributes. We posted on the alumni Facebook page um, a uh, question and, and mentioned that we we're going to be doing this podcast. And we asked people to share some comments about libraries in general or specifically the Maslin Library. And so I want to read a few of those. And then we're going to, Stephanie and I are going to talk about libraries in general and why they really have made a big impact on our lives personally. Aaron Michelle says, I love the curriculum lab as an education major. Such great resources for class in addition to a section just for children's literature. It was almost like another public library on the second floor. So thankful to have attended a university that values literacy for both the student teacher and the student. Uh, Bree Newton says, or Britt Newton, I love being able to come into the library with my extra large Dunkin' Donuts coffee, plug in my laptop, and get cracking on the latest Bible essay. The resources available to us as we were researching biblical topics or any other topics, seemed endless. Joan Fox, going back to a previous location uh, when uh, Cairn was located in, in the city of Philadelphia, says, I remember listening to assigned musical compositions in a room off the library at 1800 Arch in preparation for, quote, drop the needle, end quote, quizzes as a music major. We had to recognize pieces by a random theme anywhere in the piece. Katie Connor says, I held a student job at the library from 2007 to 2010. It was my first professional job, and it helped me dream that maybe I could do something like this in my post-graduation life, too. The staff and faculty were all supportive and encouraging. When I was promoted to student lead, I was determined not to disappoint their trust in my abilities. In 2014, I was offered the library director position in my hometown, where I served for five very good years, and I think a lot of the credit to my success there goes to Laura Saloy, Alice Patagian. Patagian. Sorry. Sorry, Alice. And Dr. Timothy Huey for giving me the first chance at the Maslin Library. Thankful for your encouragement. Thank you for these stories. I was really excited to see the feedback that we, that we had on the Facebook page. Um, it's exciting to see those there. So, Stephanie, um, as I mentioned, I've been thinking of doing this podcast for a while because I personally am uh, a huge um, proponent of libraries, have loved libraries personally. They've been a part of my life experience and my family's experience, and then, of course, mine and my wife's at Cairn, too. What about you? You are not a graduate of Cairn, but you've been here for a long time. So going back, you know, have you always loved the library? I have. So I think 
back when I was in probably grade school, middle school, before being an introvert was a known thing that you are an introvert. I never understood it, but I always sought out the school library because when I walked in, I was always amazed at it was organized, tidy, but quiet, and that I could find a quiet spot to kind of regroup in my crazy day. And so that continued on. And when I um, was able to have a driver's license, one of the first places I started to go to was our public library in Chester County in Exton, um, because I needed a quiet spot to study and a place to regroup from a busy day. And I, I always found myself there. And then in college, I loved being able to find that sweet spot in the subject that you were studying, and you could sit down on the ground with your pile of books and just start leafing through in the stacks unbothered and just find the books that really fit what you were studying. Um, Or if there was an area, when I went to seminary at Trinity, Um, being able to find some of the Christian living sections or the history sections. You could just sit there for hours, just finding books that you didn't know existed but fit exactly what you were struggling with or thinking through or um, whether it's philosophy or living or church history or anything like that. So I always found, like to me, libraries is that reflection place where no matter what's going on in life, if I need to cram for a test or get my thoughts quieted before the test or even find a quiet place to read scripture and pray, there was always a different spot in the library that I could go to for those things. So that's kind of my, I just love libraries. It's, it's, libraries aren't just a building, but the building that a library is in is something really special. Mm, So. Yeah, I can relate to that. You know, I have, of course, early library memories of, you know, my mom taking us to the local library at that time, even it was in Philadelphia, and then just getting a pile of books, bringing them home back and forth. That was a kind of a summer pilgrimage that we would make, you know. Um, but one of the things that sticks out for me was I, I got my first uh, sort of, quote, real job in a supermarket when I was a sophomore in high school. And I remember the bus that I took home because I didn't have my license yet by that point. Um, would drop me off at a location that was right by the supermarket so I could actually like kind of go to work right from school. But there was a library right there, and it was the Indian Valley Public Library in Montgomery County. And uh, I used that as kind of a midway point between the school day and then the work time because I had about an hour and a half. Um, So it was a great place to be and kind of unwind, but the same thing, just the opportunity to wander through the stacks. We were reading in school, Hemingway and Steinbeck and others and seeing, finding out the other works that they had published that maybe I hadn't read or wasn't familiar with. And it really is like opening a whole new world, of course, with reading. But then there's also kind of the cultural aspect of the library. When you start thinking about especially a public library, all the different people that are coming to that, all the different experiences, and they're all kind of collectively housed in this one place. Mm -hmm. And uh, all for like somewhat similar purposes. And it just seems to create a really unique atmosphere. Have you found that when you go into libraries? I feel like there's almost this kind of emotional response that happens. I know that sounds really nerdy and overly sensitive, but have, have you experienced yes. that? Yes, and even with my young kids, when we would go into the library and hearing the people that came up to ask questions, looking for jobs or not sure where they want to go and asking for advice, And then you would have the kids. There would be the ones on the chairs curled up reading the books, the other ones playing with together making friends 
it's kind of neat how people who you wouldn't really stop and talk to in the supermarket, but when we come into the library, it's this culture of wanting to share and to get to know one another. Yeah, and it's, yeah. it, it's community. So I wonder um, if we can get to a point where we, I mean, it might be hard to sort of quantify. I mean, we know in our guts maybe that the library is beneficial. We've had these personal experiences. And, you know, you can just think about academically how a lot of these things happen. But what are your thoughts on, on why the library really matters? Do we have evidence of that? Um, you know, how, how do you think through that? Well, there's so many pieces of that, right? We, we live in this information age. And it has been told that, or in, in research, how much information is expanding every year is just astronomical. Like we can't even measure it or quantify it. It's just happening so fast. Um, even if you do a search, you do a Google search, go back the following week and your results will be very different because information is just changing so much. Even what Google decides to show you is changing so much. Um, and so how do we manage all of that information? And why does it matter that libraries are here? And how can we help navigate through that? And I think um, one of our greatest allies is uh, an organization called Association of College and Research Libraries. And they do a lot of um, research papers and, and thinking papers and different things to try to talk about the value of a library. And recently they did a study of uh, about 200 libraries, very all very different, all doing very different things, but attempting to reach the students and seeing the effectiveness of this on the students. And they came out with five different um, points, um, and I'll just list them very quickly. Mm -hmm. But that number one, that the they, they found that the students benefit from library instruction in their initial coursework. So if they have that initial interaction with the library early on, it's a benefit. Um, they found that library use does increase student success. Um, they also found that collaborative academic programs and services involving the library enhance um, the student learning experience. Um, the fourth, in information literacy instruction does strengthen the general education outcomes. And the final one they came, they noticed was that library research consultation, the one-on-ones, the smaller group um, settings, that it boosts the student learning. This research is important because of the 200 li um, libraries and studies that were done here, they saw a general similar trend. So they all did something different, but they all saw the same effect. Mm -hmm. Libraries still held a very important spot in the student learning outcomes. And that the library instruction adds value to the student's long-term academic experience. But I would also say that when they leave here, whatever they're going out to, say they're going to be homeschooling. Well, how do they research for curriculum? or if somebody needs to get ready for a report for their job. It's, it's not enough just to Google, but they know the tools that are out there to help them succeed in the workplace, I think is really important, and they need to have that. Um, 
then they also talked about how the library promotes academic rapport and student engagement. Like, we're all here. We're talking about different topics. Mm -hmm. and Or how often I've gone into a Chick-fil-A and heard the students talk about a philosophical or a theological topic, and they're all discussing it. And, you know, that when they are encouraged to learn, it flows out in every which way. Um, and then the use of the library space actually relates positively to student learning and success. And I think a lot of the, the physical space, even. The physical space yeah. even. And mm -hmm. I think that's what a lot of people talk about. Being able to go in and have all of the resources in front of you. Um, even in the past year, we've seen an increase of over 400 internal usages of our resources um, in-house because a lot of the students come in, do their studying, do their researching, and then they leave the books there and know that they're going to be there tomorrow when they need to continue or when they get a chance to come back. So I think that that's, um, that engagement that we've been having with the students has increased in the past couple years as well. So. Yeah, it, cr it creates a great environment and kind of an ethos that mm -hmm. fosters so many of the good things mm -hmm. that we want to foster, including sometimes struggle, right? right? Like the right. conflict of um, being given an assignment and, and having to wrestle through that kind of cognitive dissonance of, mm -hmm. well, I don't really know how to put together a thesis on this. Right. So you have to start looking through and seeing other ideas and getting inspired right. by that. Right, right. Well, as I said, the study's kind of put some flesh around what we probably already know about mm -hmm. libraries and their values, but we'll make sure that we put some link to that and any other relevant studies that you may want to look at after you hear this podcast. In a minute, we're going to get to, um, again, more of what makes the, the Maslin Library unique and to some degree uh, attracting the attention of other colleges and universities. But let's take a little commercial break now, Stephanie, to talk about for any graduates of Cairn who are listening, we have some wonderful benefits related to library yeah. usage that they can continue to connect with the university on. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about a few of those things? Sure. So the first thing, and this is one of the main things we get from alumni when they first graduate, and they say, how do we keep access to the databases? Because of licensing that we have to sign contracts for, we can't offer access to most of our databases um, to alumni, but we do have a select few. The ATLA resource has an alumni database, so you have access to that. You have also access to Project Muse and Sage Journals, which is a huge one. Should be coming back to alumni um, this year. And then we have some of our Gale databases that are available to alumni so that there's the ability to continue to use that. And we have a form to set up and we've just come out with a new way to accessing the databases that um, will make that a lot more streamlined and easier. So We also now uh, allow alumni to check books out. We do, right? yes. So our main collection is available to alumni to check out. And um, also with alumni, if you have a valid ID, you have access to the library. You don't have to sign in as a visitor anymore. And you also have access past the 6 p.m. cutoff time during the regular semester for the other visitors on campus. So, so there's some other options available. And I think that they're, they're worthwhile. Yeah, these are great benefits for you alumni. And we'll put links at the bottom of the podcast on how you can get access to the electronic resources and also how to get the ID, which will also get you access to check out books from the library and to get in and out a little bit more mm -hmm. easily. 
So let's get back to uh, the, the content here. Finally, we want to talk about our library specifically, Stephanie. And Thanks. we have some particularly great things. You've alluded to a couple. But talk about what really makes us unique and perhaps almost, I'm going to say, in the vanguard of <laughs> university libraries. Well, um, it's always hard to tote ourselves, but it's kind of fun to think some days – Really, all we're trying to do is provide the best library for our students. And in that, it's making sure we have the best resources. So we have the philosophy that um, we might be small, but it doesn't matter if we have five students or 100 students in a class. They all should have access to good research and good books. And if they don't, then we're not doing our job. And so that's one of our things that we always operate under. And that's allowed us to really kind of push the envelope with some things. Um, so we have some really good databases and some and, and our books that are being requested by University of Pennsylvania, Villanova, just to name two. But um, so through Interlibrary Loan, which is where we lend to libraries, a lot of our resources are being requested by a lot of the bigger universities out there. So that's that's fun. Um, but then we also really kind of think through the whole, how is data searched and how can we help the students get to the resources and, and know how to do that. And so we were one of the first libraries to have an information literacy module from a company that built it from the ground up. And we were used as an example of how we implemented that. Um, recently, we redid our webpage a couple years ago, and we were one of the first academic libraries to use this company. And so we've been an example uh, for them. And then we get phone calls all the time to know how we're using it, how we integrate it. And, and from um, other university from libraries. other university yeah. libraries, which always brings in some good conversations to know that it, it's just nice to hear our struggles, but also what we're all doing to make Absolutely. these things work. Yeah. And then we've also done a lot with our um, the tools that we use, like I said, to go ahead and 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 find this information. One of the things that we've recently done is we were able to develop an API with our our acquisitions vendor, the vendor that we sell books by, so that as soon as we place an order, we could place 100 books, like we can order 100 books, and within 5, 10 minutes, all of those orders are in our library system because we have an API working behind the scenes that brings all that information into the library. The right in. What that means for the patron is if, especially professors or students, if there's a new book out and they're like, golly, I wonder if the library has it. Um, as soon as we order it, it's available and they can put a hold on it so that as soon as it comes in, they can have it in their their hands. Um, so that's exciting. And then um, we also are um, have been asked to be a development partner with our library system. And one of the things they're doing is creating a whole new search experience for the library using the technology that's out there already um, with different ways of connecting people together. So if you do, you, you go into IMDB and you do a search for Colin Firth, or you do that in Wikipedia or anywhere else, it, it 
begins to um, to link him to other people. So not just Pride and Prejudice, but maybe Benedict Cumberbatch because they were in a movie together. And it starts linking these people in ways that we weren't able to link before because it was this flat file. Whereas what we're working with with Innovative is a new process where that's, we're kind of bringing that into the library system too. So when a patron searches for Tolkien, they might be able to find relationships that they didn't know existed before because of how we're leveraging our data. So that's exciting. And um, so it, it, it's neat to see that we just kind of push the envelope, which we don't feel like we are, but you know, yeah. we're just like we, we are. And we just seem to keep getting our little feet into different things that we don't mean to. It's just that we're just doing what we do, and it just happens to be kind of cool. So sounds like we're being really innovative. We're trying that's to exciting be for our students, yeah. yeah, and for alumni who want to use the benefits. Yes, as well, yes, we hope so. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Well, thank you all for listening. Thank you, especially to those who posted tributes on our various social media channels to Maslin Library or others, and you can still do that. And if you never saw the opportunity to comment and win something, be sure to check out our Cairn social media channels, including especially the Cairn University Alumni Facebook page, which is where we did this most recent post. You can have a chance at some of the great interaction we hope to inspire with this podcast and all of our communication with our alumni. It is, after all, where we bring our alumni here and friends back inside Cairn University. So thanks for being with us.